Cow Country News updates, keeping the critters comfortable in the heat, market updates, and so much more. Crew, you know the rest of the part. Good day, everyone, and thanks for riding with us as we ranch it up. I'm your host and producer, Jeff Tigger Earhart. Tigger. A big thank you goes out to our partners, the American Semental Association, the IGS Feeder Profit Calculator, Downtown Threads, Oklahoma, Medora Boot and Western Wear, Ranch House Coffee, RFD TV, The Cowboy Channel, Wrangler, K-Rose Company, and Cattleman U. Before we get rolling today, I got to say a big howdy-do and welcome to a whole lot of new listeners in South Dakota. Now, I know we've got listeners all over the country, the globe, actually. Appreciate each and every one of you. We just added more to our network, so we've got a whole bunch more of listeners right in the South Dakota area. Welcome aboard, y'all. Glad to have you with us. We've got a lot to cover today, crew. Here's what's on the agenda. News from JBS, impossible meat strikes again, cattle shades, listener responses, moving cattle during specific times of the day, lots of market recaps, and even a a couple sale barn reports. So here we go. Cow Country News. You know, the cow stuff. Today's Cow Country News is brought to us by Wrangler. Wrangler, the official shirt and jean endorsed by the Professional Rodeo Cowboys Association. Our top news story, all of Meatpacker JBS's global facilities are fully operational after the cyber attack disrupted much of its North American and Australian operations. Reuters reports that the Brazilian Meatpackers Arm in the United States and Pilgrim's Pride, a U.S. chicken company, mostly owned by JBS, lost less than one day's worth of food production following the hack. That's according to a statement. JBS has recovered faster than some meat buyers and meat analysts expected from the May 30th ransomware attack, which the White House linked to a Russian-based group. But, dear friends, of course, the cattle market is going to be feeling the aftermath of this one for a long time. Now, in other news, Washington schools are now going to serve the Impossible Burger coming next year. USDA recently approved child nutrition labels for the Impossible Foods Company, which produces alternative meat products made from soy and other products. That's according to Impossible Foods. Now, the Impossible Foods Company provided schools with their artificial patties and artificial products to several schools, including one in Washington State, two in the state of Oklahoma. Jamie Madison the food service director at Aberdeen Schools in Washington, which provides lunches to about 2,000 students per day, by the way, said they used the impossible food items for a taste test (laughs) with their students, and they plan to include them as a vegetarian option on their menu for the 2021-2022 school year. Madison said they asked the students afterwards whether they enjoyed the product. They said about half of them said they did, The other half said they taste like vegetables. News outlets reported this spring, us included, said that Bill Gates was an investor in Impossible Foods and other alternative meat companies. Heard that one. Now, when it's hot and sunny, obviously we seek shade. Cattle seek shade the same way. If they can't find any, now it could cost you some dollars. Stress of any kind affects performance and health. We know this, but also the well-being and behavior A special focus for Colorado State University animal scientist Lily Edwards-Calloway. Her team's literature review found shades benefits vary. Now, they vary by location, the structure, type, and the weather. 
In 2003, scientists estimated heat stress cost the U.S. beef industry $369 million a year. The condition occurs when an animal can't dissipate heat as fast as it's incurred, all right? Providing shade when needed is one way to mitigate stress and produce high-quality beef. Edwards Calloway says a 1995 heat event in Iowa led to a 4.8% death loss in unshaded feed yard pens compared with the 0.2% in shaded pens. Those are likely conservative estimates, they're saying, uh, according to today, with recent temperature extremes. Now, she's already working with packing plants to see what kind of effect shade may have right before slaughter. This ongoing project is looking at the distance cattle travel to the plant along with time waiting to unload, very interesting, and reach the point of harvest. It's also tracking pen density, weather and their effects on mobility, bruising, and carcass characteristics. Very interesting. And that's a look at our Cow Country News headlines brought to us by Wrangler. And now moving into our Weigh em Up Sale Barn Report brought to us by Downtown Threads, Oklahoma. That's who's taking care of our swag line. Head to ranchitupshow.com. We've got apparel. We've got lids. We've got the coolest stuff. It's the Ranch It Up gear. I said two Sale Barn reports. We've got North Carolina and Florida recapping last week. Going to start with North Carolina. Compared to the previous week, let's talk about the way-up cows. The breaking type, they called them steady to a dollar higher. The boning type, way-up cows. And the way-up bulls, they called them steady to a dollar lower. Feeder cattle were mostly steady to $5 higher. This is what I got for y'all from North Carolina last week. On the lightweight steers in North Carolina, three to three and a half weights at $1.30 to $1.70. Three and a half to four weights at $1.31 to $1.60. Four to four and a half weights at $1.29 to $1.56. Four and a half to five weights at $1.32 to $1.50. Five to five and a half weights at $1.27 to $1.47. And then five and a half to six weights at $1.20 to $1.41. For the heifer mates now, three and a half to four weights at a dollar twenty-five to a dollar forty-two. Four to four and a half weights at a dollar fourteen to a dollar thirty-eight. Four and a half to five weights at a dollar seventeen to a dollar thirty-six. Five to five and a half weights at a dollar fourteen to a dollar twenty-eight. Five and a half to six weight heifers at a dollar five to a dollar twenty-seven. Six to six and a half weights at a dollar to a dollar twenty-six, and then six and a half to seven weight heifers. At ninety-five cents, up to a dollar twenty-three. The way up cows coming in at forty-eight to seventy-nine, and the way up bulls at seventy, up to a buck thirteen. Now, taking a look at Florida, their recap from last week. They called the slaughter cows steady, the slaughter bulls steady. They called the feeder cattle steady. Here's what I got for y'all from Florida last week. Wrapping it up, four to four and a half weights at a dollar fifty to a dollar sixty-seven. Four and a half to five weights at a dollar forty to a dollar sixty. Five to five and a half weights at a dollar thirty to a dollar fifty-two. Five and a half to six weights at a dollar twenty-two to a dollar forty-seven. For the heifer mates, four to five weights at a dollar twenty-five to a dollar forty, and then five to six weights at a dollar seven, all the way up to a dollar thirty. The way up cows at forty-one to eighty-four, and the way up bulls at eighty-two, up to a dollar ten. Now, if there is a particular area, a particular weight class or a sale barn or a topic or a subject you'd like me to report on, 
Fire me an email, ranchitupshow at gmail.com. Fire me a text at 707-726-2420. Or you can always send me a message via social media at Ranch It Up Show. Tigger Tour 21. Now, before we take a quick break, here's what's going on. The Tigger Tour 21 proudly brought to us by Medora Boot in Western Wear. Check them out at MedoraBoot.com or follow along Facebook. My crew is running around the rodeo circuit the next few weeks and mark your calendars. June 22nd through the 25th, the Beef Improvement Federation will be having its 53rd annual BIF Research Symposium and Convention at the Iowa Events Center in Des Moines, Iowa. There's going to be panel discussions, there's tours, there's awards. The announcement of the BIF Seed Stock Producer of the Year, I always look forward to that. A tremendous lineup of speakers and presentations, which starts on Tuesday the 22nd and wraps up on Friday the 25th. For more information, just head to beefimprovement.org. Told y'all we've got lots to cover on this episode. Up next, we have listener responses, questions being asked that require your input, and when to move those critters around. Stay with us. Ranch it up. We'll be right back. Watch RFD TV anytime, anywhere on all your connected devices with RFD TV now. Simply go to watchrfdtv.com and sign up for just $9.99 a month or save more and pay just $89.99 for the year. You can begin streaming RFD TV live right away and have access to your favorite shows 24-7 on demand. Go to watchrfdtv.com, sign up, and start streaming today. Hey, Beck, can you come in here, please? Oh, did you sign us up for Cattleman U? Mm-hmm. Awesome. Are you going to tell them or am I? Cattleman U is an online community of producers, ranchers, beginning farmers, all who want to learn about agriculture, marketing, successful practices, and a lot more right from the convenience of your home office. You never have to leave the ranch. I do like conventions sometimes, but can you imagine you traveling like with this guy? We get a few really? miles from the ranch and... I mean, really, am I am I that bad? <laughs> yes, you are. The trainings and presentations, they're previously recorded by industry experts for the Cattleman U community, so you can watch them anytime, anywhere, and have the freedom to fast forward, to rewind, and pause if you want. Sign up at CattlemanU.com and use promo code RANCHITUP to get special pricing. That's RANCHITUP in all caps and no spaces at CattlemanU.com. So, Tigger, you do have us signed up, right? Yes, dear, we are signed up for Cattleman U. Today's Cattle Battle is brought to us by Cattleman U. Did you all get signed up yet? Just head to CattlemanU.com. Let's get it on. Cattle Battle. First, we head to the hotline. That number is 707-726-2420. That's 707-RANCH-20. Longtime listener Jess from Texas is reaching out, but I would like to have others weigh in on his question. Take a listen, y'all. I was just wondering, I just listened to your most recent podcast on Ranch It Up, and I was just wondering, with all these hardships and everything, I got a job out here in the Panhandle of Texas, uh, Lubbock Plainview area. Um, as a crop consultant, and I'm looking at trying to maybe start a herd this spring or uh, this fall, maybe next spring, next fall, something like that. And I'm just wondering what would be the best foot to start out on the door as uh, a young a cattleman uh, starting off in the industry. Uh, it would be better to start off with yearling stock 
pairs or just uh, cow-calf pairs, or which do you think would be the most cost-efficient for, you know, grazing it on wheat pastures and doing rotational grazing? Love to hear back from you. Hope all's well. Hey, Jess, great to hear from you. I will be getting back with you personally, absolutely. But in the meantime, y'all, this is what I want you to weigh in on is let me hear your opinions. Here's one of our young listeners. We have a lot listeners from kind of every different background, but we have a lot of beginning farmers and ranchers that listen and ask me a lot of questions, and he's reaching out. Now, I know we don't have all of the details of where Jess is and resources available. I understand that. But just generally, share with me, and and we'll share them on the air. We'll share them with Jess. Share with me some of those opinions that he was asking in regards to different sectors of the cattle business so just send me that information too ranch it up show at gmail.com you can call and leave me a message at 707-726-2420 that's 707 ranch 20 fire me a text to that number did you get it y'all now moving on to the next when is the best time of the day to move your cows like if you're in a rotational grazing situation i'm heading to my buddy benny paulson from the T2 Ranch, we had Benny on earlier this winter. Benny, what say you? So I'm listening to Gabe Brown, and, I, and I've heard Gabe Brown talk a lot. Gabe Brown is talking about rotating cattle. Some of these guys rotate every week, you know, or every uh-huh. day. Yep, yep, And yep. he says, never rotate your cows in the morning. He's, and then I'm like, well, why is that? Why am I an idiot for rotating my cows in the morning? And he says, the nutritional value of your forages are the lowest in the morning and the highest in the afternoon. And why is that, Jeff? Why is that, Tig? Well, that's obvious because uh, your your forages, they, uh, they're they going dormant at night, and they're protecting themselves in terms of maintaining and keeping the moisture until sun comes out and they open up. Am I right with that? You are correct. It's almost common sense. I mean, if you have any knowledge of forages and rangeland at all, but... Not your, too your bad for two old, two old bow riders like you and I. Not too bad that we're doing this. Couple of dumb old <laughs> bow riders. Pretty smart, ain't we, Jeff? <laughs> but, yeah, and that goes with cutting hay, too. And that also goes, you know, so your cows are just naturally, they want to they wanna work with nature. These, these cows yeah. are nature animals. They want to do that because that's when your cows should be out grazing because that's when your nutritional quality is the highest in your forages, so you're going to get the maximum gain and the maximum performance out of your forages in the afternoon. So if I'm understanding correctly, it is let the cows adapt to the forages that they have. Let those cows be the combines of the plains and move them at a different time of day, feed them at a different time of day based on when those cows can be the most successful of converting that protein to gain. Um, did, is there a PhD behind Tigger? There, there should be because that, that – <laughs> no, that's perfect. I'm, I think you nailed it. And there's always variables. That's what I love and that's what I hate about this game. Every day, every month, every season has different challenges and variables, and you're exactly right. Thank you so much, Benny Paulson with the T2 Ranch. Rotate those cows in the afternoon. Any thoughts, crew? We'll be right back. 
Sold. 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 Want more dollars per head? Well, check this out. Sim Angus, I'll say it again, Sim Angus sired steer calves sold through Superior Livestock Auction last year earned more at sale time than all other calves for breeds with lots of 50 head or more. Kansas State University ran the data analysis of 394,900 heads sold last year through Superior Livestock. So, do you want low-risk, high-potential calves with earning potential? Well, that is Simmental. More per head. Period. Everyone asks me, Tigger, where do you get your boots? What do you look for in boots? Well, for me, it's customer service and American-made boots and tack. Medora Boot and Western Wear takes care of everything I need. You can shop online at MedoraBoot.com or follow along Facebook and Instagram. Give Medora Boot and Western Wear a call and tell them Tigger sent you. Medora Boot and Western Wear, making boots great again. Hashtag Tigger approved. You asked for it, you got it. Watch the Cowboy Channel anytime, anywhere with the Cowboy Channel Plus. Live stream the Cowboy Channel or watch your favorite PRCA rodeos on demand. Classic PRCA rodeos added weekly. Get the Cowboy Channel Plus for only $9.99 a month or save 25% by signing up for a full year. Visit CowboyChannelPlus.com to sign up and start streaming today. Shaley Stewart with Cattle Market News and DTN. Shaley, I gave you the week off last week when I delivered <laughs> the news of uh, one of our sale barns in North Dakota that was selling an enormous amount of pears because of the drought situation. In fact, you even mentioned to me off air, you said, isn't there another sale barn that's going on and there's moving a thousand pairs? Yes. Unfortunately, that is the, the situation when drought happens, regardless of where it is and in what state. We'll, we'll right. hopefully, I don't want to talk about that no more, but we really need to dance with the topic of what happened last week that made national news, it made news everywhere, and that was in regards to the cyber attacks on JBS. Now, as you knew, I, I, I went through my news and I said, does this fundamentally, does fundamentally this have anything to do with the cattle market? None whatsoever. Technically, does it have everything to do with the cattle market? Absolutely. Does it do those things affect the prices that we're receiving? Do they affect the futures markets? Absolutely. That's what we kind of mean on the technical side. So walk me through, give me a recap last week of the debacle, if you will, and what did that do with our markets? What happened? What were some of the reactions? That's a whole lot. So you you know, can we cover this in the next six hours? You know what? Of course we can cover this in the next six hours because I'm so glad that you made that point earlier. You said this this tragedy, this announcement, this onset of havoc in the cattle market made national news. Well, it's funny because we came back from the from the weekend, the long weekend of Memorial Day, to absolute chaos in the marketplace mm -hmm. because of the cyber attack. Right. And you know what? We weren't sure how this was going to pan out. We weren't even sure that if it was going to be taken care of in a week's time, in a month's time, what in the world, goodness gracious, this is going to look like. Well, thankfully, JBS did a really good job of asserting the situation and taking control of everything. 
But that's not to say that just because plans are running, this debacle is done and it's taken care of and the ramifications of this incident are done with. Because I am here to tell you that there are more, there that, that the rippling effects that this is going to have in the marketplace from here in the weeks and months moving forward are astronomical. Right, and, w- and the word debacle is actually saying it nice. I mean, you and I are being yes. very, very, very PC right now where off air, Shaley and I are going to describe it with other adjectives. <laughs> You're exactly right. And and it's so frustrating because, you know, national, like you said, national news covered the matter. But now that plants are back up and running, everybody just expects that the cattle market is good again, that the heartbeat is bumping as it should be. Mm-hmm. But that's not how it works. Last week, for instance, choice cuts gained $8.92 throughout the week. Select cuts gained $7.46 throughout the week. Our slaughter, yes, we are thankful that JBS did a great job of getting their plants back on but they are continuing to run at subpar levels. So last week's slaughter only only came in at 538,000 head. That is 91,000 head less than a week ago and 90,000 head less than a year ago. I'm sorry, but when you're only processing 538,000 head, that will have rippling effects on the weeks to come. Because when you do not run processing speeds at a pace in which demand slaughters, it has huge ramifications Mm -hmm. for box beef prices and supplies of fat cattle, readily available supplies of fat cattle getting backed up in the feedlot. So that affects the cash cattle market, and that will eventually affect the feeder cattle market as well. So I think it's really important that we don't just brush this issue underneath a rug because plants are back up and running. That's like saying, because my car will start, it'll drive me across the country. Whether or not your car will start and whether or not it'll drive you across the country are two very different things. And so just because plants are running does not mean that we are running running at a sufficient level. And so in the weeks to come, I think it's very important that we monitor a couple of things. Last week, it was it was good. We were thankful to see that the technical damage and the fundamental damage on the marketplace were, were at a manageable risk uh, amount. They, they, they only occurred in, in small increments. On Tuesday, the live cattle market dove lower. But then, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, the market just kind of traded choppily steady on the fundamental side of things the fat cattle market basically remains steady steady to a dollar higher and then in the southern plains and honestly that came out of charity bids from packers just because they they felt bad about the situation and honestly they knew that given the heightened emotion that's in the marketplace right now and how many people are watching them and and really scrutinizing them for the high box beef prices that we see in the marketplace right now that it would look very poorly if they drove those cash prices lower but i'm also here to say that with the back backup in supplies, as Packers only bought around 65,000 head last week, there were a lot of purchases bought for the delayed delivery. And we've talked about what that means so many times. But just because Packers buy cattle last week, just because they bought cattle last week, I should say, doesn't mean that they're going to process, doesn't mean that they're going to slaughter this upcoming week. They can purchase them for the nearby delivery or the deferred delivery. And whenever we see a large percentage of the purchases being for the deferred delivery, that tells you and I, Tigger, that we obviously aren't going to have a robust dynamic cash cattle trade in the weeks to come. And in Nebraska, most of the cattle traded for the weeks of June 14th and June 21st. So something to note there. 
And then if we kind of look at this marketplace from the feeder cattle perspective, as so many cow-calf producers are kind of eyeing and watching the market and really just chewing on pins and needles because they're not they're not sure how to take this. You know, they don't sell fat cattle, but they know that fat cattle trade affects them. And here in just a couple of months, they're getting ready to market their calves. Thankfully, this the the weather that's been accumulated in parts of the Midwest and in the South has obviously helped the feeder cattle market as the market was tra- able to trade steady to three to four dollars higher. But as you mentioned, in some of these northern plains, like in, nor- in nor- northern plains, yes, excuse me, such as North Dakota and eastern Montana, they are in a crippling drought, mm-hmm. dire situations, and so. The cattle market is not one to take lightly right now, and unfortunately, it's it's requiring us to dig deeper, to ask more of ourselves, and to really just get a hold and get a grasp of what's going on. Because if not, you'll get swallowed. You'll get swallowed up with the with the onset of news and information, and it's something that we have to monitor rigorously right now. Hey, Shaley, remember about a year and a half ago when we said 2020 is going to be our year? Remember that? We said it's going to be our year going forward. It's going to be great. Remember when we was talking about that? 2020 is going to be great. You're absolutely right, my friend. We had big hopes for 2020. Heck, we even had big hopes for 2021. But you know what? We, yeah, we're 18 uh, months behind and waiting and, and hoping and wishing. So, uh, yeah, right. just kind of, a, you, you know, and let me just kind of summarize this, maybe for both of us, by saying everybody good luck out there, really. You know, we've never absolutely. said that. Good luck with what we're doing because – Boy, howdy, if things are happening right now, I tell you what, they are happening. Absolutely. And it's not something that's easy to stomach or swallow or to know what to do. So you know what? Dig deep and and ask yourself the hard questions. Ask those that you respect in the industry what they're doing, how they're how they're facing the challenges head on and and you know, just bring in the the fire and the flame as well and and dig deep because these are hard storms to weather. Shaley Stewart with Cattle Market News and DTN. I know we went a little bit longer than normal, but rightfully so, because there's a lot of information to go through. I appreciate it. And in the meantime, you know, we're always a week till we get a chance to talk to Shaley and hear what's going on. If anybody has questions, you can, of course, fire them my direction or directly to you, Shaley, through Facebook. So as always, I appreciate you and look forward to next week. As always, my friend, it's a great pleasure. Thank you so much for what you do. Until next time, chat later. I tip my hat to you from one legend to another. And now for my famous last words brought to us by Ranch House Coffee. A big tip of the hat to listener Nathan Albertson. Been a huge supporter of Ranch It Up each and every episode. Great seeing you at the branding a few weeks ago, my friend. And you have got sway coming your way. Mm Mm-hmm. And now that's going to wrap it up for today, crew. A big thanks to Jess from Texas for calling in, Betty Paulson from the T2 Ranch, and Shaylee Stewart with Cattle Market News and DTN. Our partners, the American Semental Association, the IGS Feeder Profit Calculator, Downtown Threads, Oklahoma, Medora Boot and Western Wear, Ranch House Coffee, RFD TV, the Cowboy Channel, Wrangler, Cattleman U, and K Rose Company. Crew, so glad y'all came with me one more time as we ranch it up. Be sure to like and follow us on Facebook at ranch it up show our email ranch it up show at gmail.com get a hold of me 24 7 fire me a text 707-726-2420 spread the good word it's always tigger approved stay ranchy and ranch it up <laughs>